0: Welcome to the St. Benedict's Episcopal School Podcast, planting seeds, cultivating critical thinking, creativity, community, and lifelong learning. Here we'll take you on a transformative journey into the inner workings of this unique school and the people behind it. So sit up straight, school's in. And here's your host and head of school, Father Brian Sullivan.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the final episode which is actually going to be two parts of the planting seeds podcast as an eight-part original limited series we are now adding a second part to this eighth episode and so we are so happy that you are here i'm father brian sullivan your host head of school at saint benedict's episcopal school and today we have the pleasure of sitting down with three remarkable alumni who continue to carry the torch of our school's values into the broader community and soon the world. Two of them are getting ready to graduate from college. So as we delve into this insightful conversation, it's worth noting, the next year marks the 15th anniversary of St. Benedict's Episcopal School. In celebration of this milestone, it only seems fitting to engage with some of our distinguished alumni who have not only embraced the essence of St. Benedict's during their time here, but have also taken these principles into their college journeys and beyond. Joining us today are Katherine Shamansky, currently enrolled at Georgia Tech. Matt Fierro is at Auburn. And Ryan Fierro, his older brother, is at Emory-Riddle Aeronautical University down in Florida. Beyond their academic pursuits, all three generously contribute to our community. They actually have come back to teach at our summer camps and, in Kat's case, even substituting for classes during the school year. It was a shock, by the way, Kat, when I walked by and went, Who's our new sub? And you turned around and I went, no. Only means I'm getting older. So let's kick off this conversation with reflection on their unique journeys from St. Benedict's to college and soon to be beyond. Welcome Kat, Matt, and Ryan. We're thrilled to have you here today. Thank you.
0: Thanks, man.
1: To our listeners, they were uh, telling me that all three of you have had tests today. Did I hear that right? All
0: three of us. Yeah.
1: And here you are giving back to your community. You are awesome. (laughs) So, it's wonderful to have you on the podcast as alumni, and you've transitioned from here to high school. All three of you went to Holy Innocence, which is our sister Episcopal school down the street that actually has a high school. Did you all know that I graduated when it was just an eighth grade school? Oh, I, I think, th- vaguely. Yeah, I think it was smaller than St. Benedict's is now, but it sort of had the same principles that we do. And being a nurturing community through eighth grade here, to your respective colleges, can you share the foundation laid during your early education at St. Benedict's and how it's influenced the paths that you've chosen? And again, jump in whoever's first. I have a feeling I know who it will be. (laughs) Go for it.
2: This is going to sound really just bland and corny, I guess, but kindness. I know this sounds obvious. I know this sounds like something that, okay, yeah great, but what about, I mean, getting into the real world and outside of just school and stuff, it's like, it means something more. And at St. B's, you know, everyone was just kind to each other there was no hostility and not to say like, oh, the world is not a kind place, but it's just like, it meant a lot going from someplace where everyone was, you know, very wholesome with each other. And then it's like, oh, the real world, we can, we can spread that uh, and make the whole world a little bit brighter. Again, I know it sounds so corny, but it's just something I felt.
3: I think both of our classes were particularly small especially like my my graduating class it went down from like 20 and 7th grade to like 10 and 8th grade and so we we're all just like so close and i think that really helped like me make connections to be able to build connections throughout like high school and then now in college like i have a nice close group of friends that i'm with so it, it definitely helped like get close to people and, and understand people especially at a young age
0: you know on that i think making friends is so hard in the real world <laughs> happy to think that St. like let us have that small community so that we could make friends and learn how to do that in a safe space. I think something else that I would take away from my experience there would have been my, not necessarily my drive, but my hard work. Like we were challenged a lot by our teachers, especially Miss Fillion in sixth and seventh grade. And teacher left where to open our minds to different ideas and topics and to think about the world differently. And I think that by taking some of those principles and taking the things that especially like Miss Filiad taught us with our grammar and just like the ways that she was so hard on us, it made us better students. Like I definitely see that in my day to day classroom, especially still in college.
3: I was going to say, I, I think like with what she was talking about with like Miss Philly on teacher Leftler, like getting close with teachers, I definitely try to continue that through like high school. And even now, like in, you know, I've got lectures of like 300 plus sure. people and like trying to like talk with my teachers and make sure they know me and I know them. And mm-hmm. like, I think that definitely helped.
0: I cast sit for one of my pre-calc teachers from freshman year. It was probably a class of like 200 and it was still on Zoom. And I just, she'd have this thing that she called happy hour, like, you know, happy hour. She'd have office hours where you could talk about math, but then she had happy hour where you could come and just talk to her about anything you wanted to talk to her about. And so I got to know her and I got to know that she has cats and she was always looking for a cat sitter. So now like I keep her house key on my on my like key ring and whenever she needs me, she just texts me and goes, hey, can you run over to my house and like, let my cats, you know, feed them. And on that note, like maintaining that relationship your teachers like it only gets easier from st Benedict's and then on
1: ryan what were you gonna say
2: i find it funny we all i think all three of us thought about teacher left learn miss philia as some of the most memorable teachers or some of the biggest impact on our you know learning or our education path definitely I think, think it, they were the most quirky <laughs> th- that's it
3: that yeah yeah miss philia also went to auburn so i mean i haven't actually like reached out to her since i went to auburn so I think i should but like it definitely is in the back of my mind you know she had the little i think didn't she have the um the tail in her trunk yes no that was uh that was, was that coach. a tiger was that coach okay well well coach. one of the t- her her entire oh, room yeah, they went to, auburn to yeah 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 yep. their still- entire room was just decked out in auburn and now i see why so
1: i think they're coming this summer to do some uh, camps so if you guys are coming back you'll get to see you. them one of the things that those listening will not know is that in 2008 we had just bought the church building and your parents were standing out in the cold rain in November, looking at a dilapidated building, hearing the mission of our school and they were bought in to the point that we were just starting a preschool, but because you all were also looking for an elementary school, we started a second grade and that was Kat in Ryan's grade. And uh, Matt, you were in the, the first first grade tell me a little bit about how that experience of watching us grow i mean you left campus one year and there were zoning signs still up for your middle school <laughs> what was it like what was uh some of the memories that you had just you know the second grade third grade fourth grade when you were upstairs in the church building what was that all like oh god my memory is so bad but i mean, I
3: mean obviously i was like from first grade i was so young but like i mean i can still remember like Going into some of the like buildings now, like the nursery, or I don't even know what it is now, but <laughs> the nursery from like a year or two ago, like the room within the room, how that used to be there. Um... I
0: loved the room in the room. <laughs>
3: it was it was just so <laughs> I, random. A,
0: so I don't know if you guys remember, like, but Nino, there was like a foosball table in that room because that's where you also had passport at the time, and there was like a point in time where Nino walked in and was like trying to play foosball. And he, like, went into a split in his school pants and he ripped them just in the middle was, of the school day. Was that not during P.E.? No, he was like... I could have sworn that was and during like, P.E. No, he was just in the room, like, in that room. And he just was like, I'm gonna do a split.
3: Oh, I was about <laughs> it, it, to it, ask, was that part. purposely? Did he purposely do a yeah, split?
0: I think. I don't remember.
2: I do remember us when we were in, that like, one small building and there were... Uh, I forget know exactly how it works. I mean, I, we, we didn't know much about what was going on, but we did know that the the preschoolers or the kindergartners, whoever was that moved in 1st we were like, oh man, why can't we move in, move in now? How come they, like the little ones get to move in? I do remember that. And then eventually, you know, I think we remember, you know, moving our stuff onto the third floor, but that was yeah. funny.
3: I also remember, didn't we like share, but not share a room like where, where the current nurse's office is? Uh, the library, It was, um, yeah. a split room. Yeah. Your fourth and fifth yeah. grade were in that room. Yep. Well, no, not, not that, that room, the, the, like for our first and second grade. Cause I know that was also split for fourth and fifth. Oh
1: yeah. 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 The very first year. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yep.
2: There, there was the bookcase splitting of the rooms. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yep, yeah. Yep. So having seen that from that time, now you have come back and started teaching summer camps, Ryan and Kat, you all actually designed and implemented a steam Camp, what was that like? What was it like coming back? And now you're the Leffler of this little group of kids.
2: I mean, I always had fun <laughs> with it. <laughs> I wish I could do more, honestly. Like during the year, if I if I went to school closer, I, I wanted I think I'd love to do more like steam related stuff. And between that and so it, it is it is fun, you know, working with kids and
0: teaching them what I've learned. And stuff. I mean, on on the note of like steam, though, I mean. Coming back from starting in this tiny classroom where we shared rooms and they were divided by bookcases. We now have like the whole middle school building and Katie Axe who's dedicated to a STEAM department. Like I went and when I was substituting last May, she showed me how they have the new laser cutter and there's like a 3D printer or something. And she helped me make my mom a pair of earrings that were like her initials out of that laser cutter. And I mean, like they have some really cool stuff that we definitely did not have, but is really cool to see and also as an alumni I get the benefit of using every now and then. <laughs> so, yeah,
3: it's so different. Like the whole the entire school is so different. I mean, it's pretty crazy. And I feel like, like every like year in a good way. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I mean like like the, the setup of the like the the like the building and stuff like it's so much bigger now and it's so much more you know rooms keep changing to accommodate things and mm-hmm. it's really interesting to see.
0: On Saturday when I was with Brian we were talking about he was like have you seen any of the plans for like the new app coming up and I was like no I have no idea but it's kind of cool to to like think about how there's going to be a whole new building and then something about whole new plans with the old buildings and moving people around like it's a cool idea to think
3: about yeah I mean they got how much I don't even know how much space but that like whole like block like right across from uh the little field I don't know how much that is but 4.2
1: acres yeah that's kind of it's bigger than the main building (laughs) the land that the main building is on and the building that we're looking to build is um about the same size so the middle school have it looks like sixth, seventh, and eighth grade with three sections of each grade, whereas you all had about a half a section. Cat, <laughs> I think you're uh, you and Ryan grad. You were a fourth might of the whole a, grade. Yeah, I was <laughs> to say
3: they might have had a fourth <laughs> yeah. of it. Yeah,
0: we had seven kids.
3: What are you planning to do with the uh, current middle school building? We're looking
1: to probably do third, fourth, and fifth. Okay. Yep, and just spread everybody out. So there are ten classrooms here with a science room and we still have cottages outside. So they'll have plenty of space for all the co-curriculars, art, science, music, not science, art, drama, and music as well as PE. So yeah, it's exciting. And hopefully Mm -hmm. you guys are a part of that. One of the things that I was curious about having now stepped on the other side of being an educator, instead of being educated, What was that like? And have you been able to use the experiences teaching here in your current roles in college, or are you just taking tests?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I do a little bit of teaching here, specifically. Like, I mean, all incoming freshmen, we work with composite stuff, and I'll have incoming freshmen that have no idea how to do any of this thing, any of this stuff. So, um, it is fun working with people who have no idea what they want to do with it or no idea what to do, but they want to learn and I'll happily teach them and show them and have them get into it and work hands on. And uh, I do correlate the two between, uh, you know, working with the kids back at St. P's and working with these, you know, freshmen, Uh, it it is, it's kind of funny. I will also joke, I mean, I have kindergartners who can use sensors better than these, uh, seniors. (laughs)
1: <laughs> we won't share this uh podcast uh, at your uh, university don't worry
2: <laughs> yeah oh no I, i've said it to their face um <laughs> but uh yeah that's, that's fun and then between i guess going from you know learning to being educated myself there are some things that i see with you know teachers or professors and there are things aspects i like and aspects i don't and it's fun it is satisfying to implement what i like and what i don't like and I can teach that myself and use those skills myself.
0: For me, I mean, I think CB's focuses a lot on the Spanish curriculum, which I'm grateful for. I have always loved learning languages and Spanish being the first one I ever did learn. And so, with that in mind, in terms of teaching, I did end up tutoring for some time in Spanish. I helped middle school and high school students at other schools in the area with their courses and teaching them the way that I was taught at school at St. B's, which is the way that it makes sense to me. So I think it's really cool to be able to take what I've learned in terms of Spanish and how to incorporate that language and how there's different teaching styles and then take what I think has been be- most beneficial for me of having the ability to explain that to somebody else and then being able to recognize that, like that click or like the the light bulb go off moment um, that these students are having once I finally be able to explain something that they actually can understand. So I think that's one way that I've taken the the learning, the educator learning.
3: Yeah, and, and for me, you know, I've had like people in some interviews, like ask me questions about like my time and um, work at the camps and it's a lot of like, I think one of the biggest things I got from it was uh, patience with college and work and talking with people. And so definitely patience was a big factor I got from from working there.
1: Well, and that actually leads into the next question that I have for you all, because college is not easy. Life starts to weigh heavy um, as you're starting to end your career there as students. What were some of the things you learned here at St. Benedict's? that you think helped you in those tough times at school, maybe things that didn't have to do with school. You don't have to share the details of that, but the skills that you learned here, how did you translate those when things got rough?
0: For me, I think the ability to ask for help. So St. Benedict is a very welcoming community in that sense, where if you're struggling or you need extra tutoring or you don't understand something. I always felt very comfortable going up to my teachers and asking and furthering my understanding. And so that's something that I feel like a lot of my peers, especially in college, do struggle with. It's asking for help or like being able to identify that they need help and figuring out where to go for that. So instead of asking for help or emailing the professor or going to extra tutoring sessions, they just kind of dwell in it. And so that's something that seemed taught me was to just make sure that when I need something that I find the appropriate people to seek that to problem solve.
3: I mean, I I think Catherine answered that pretty perfectly Um, (laughs) because I feel the same, you know, uh, like like in in my, I just took a intermediate accounting exam this morning um, that he was talking about. And I know my teacher my class isn't that big because it's a secondary accounting class, but, you know, I still am able to, like, he knows me. Like, I was, like, talking to him after the exam. Like, I was, like, I realized, like, I forgot how to do something. It just lost my mind. And so we were, like, talking about that. And I've gone to his office hours. On our homeworks, we can do this thing where we email a professor. I've done that plenty of times. And he emails me at, like, 9.30, 9.45 at night. He's really good about it and being really helpful with that. Yeah, like she said, it's just, you know, it's really helped you, like, because the classes were very small. And so because of that, you get that big connection with your teachers. And I think that's one of the most important things. You know, a lot of other schools, you might not have that. And that's just such like an important aspect of school that you can get the one-on-one experience and one-on-one learning to really fit your needs.
2: I will called that here because that's actually some, one thing I, I do struggle with is reaching out for help. I do also, i like to sit at the front of the class. I always, you know, I like to, you know, talk to my professor, you know, when they're walking in, walking out, try to you know, relate with them. Like Matthew and Kat said, you know, go to their office hours and stuff.
1: There's one other thing that I think just growing the school and seeing how scrappy and creative the school has been, and just with space alone, we've attracted faculty who are also very creative in how they teach. I'm wondering if that rubbed off on you all as learners, how the creativity that surrounded you in the classroom has helped you become the learners that you are.
0: I mean, I think I'm an open-minded learner if that can even be like applied to this question. So like the creativity that the teachers would bring would ensure that I was, I think, almost more like a well-rounded, not only student, but also a person. The one thing that comes to mind would be teacher level. So like Teacher Leffler always had out-of-the-box ideas and out-of-the-box activities, and he was definitely one of the more creative teachers, in my opinion. So, for example, when we were reading, like, I Am Malala in sixth grade, he made sure that we had dates and had a picnic of, like, cultural foods, which is something that, you know, you might not always do, but it was something creative and outside the box that we could implement what we were learning in the classroom outside of the classroom. So, like, I think that when they're creative... It allows us to think more outside the box, which is what the world really needs, especially I think within a lot of a lot of different fields. Like so not just Ryan with aeronautical and engineering and stuff, but even with like me who's technically a psychology major, like you could there's a lot of different ways to think outside the box.
3: Yeah. Um personally, I'm not the most creative person, I'll be honest. But I do remember I think it was Miss McFall. Is that right? guys um red hair yes yes yes, yeah she um i don't know if this was seventh or eighth grade but it was sometime middle school we were talking about sometime in the early 1900s it was history and we were talking about like child labor laws and stuff like that or it was this was like how she brought it up basically so we we had a class where we had it was like a little example thing we had a class where we had to like basically be an assembly line kind of we were at like little tables married to like an assembly line and she was putting on this all like persona of like what it was like for you know children and when they were working because she didn't tell us at first so we were all so pressed we were all <laughs> so angry like like what is going on because she just it was complete <laughs> different change of tone we were like what is going on i and mean then, she's like, the
0: nicest person on the yes, face of the planet. yeah so for her to be there and be like a dictator that's like
3: Oh, that it was, would have
0: been hilarious. We, to
3: watch we were so confused and we were like all so angry. And then at the end of the class, she was like, she, I forget what she said, but she basically was like, so what would you guys think? Like, what, how was that like? And we were, <laughs> and we were like, what? <laughs> what? What is going on? It was something with folding papers. And, like, making letters, I think. And she, if she didn't like it, she would take it up and crumble it up and throw it in the trash.
1: <laughs> and <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Very, very not characteristic of any of no.
3: our yeah. much less Mrs. McVall. And so the reveal, it was like, oh, my God. And we were, we were all like, she was like, I promise, like, I'm so sorry. She was, like, so apologetic as well. <laughs> and so then we, like, started talking about, you know, the history and everything. And um, that's just, like, you know, one of the things that St. Peace does is, like, be creative in their teaching like you said and i think that was just a great experience because i mean i still remember that and looking back on it it was a lot of fun <laughs> a little scary at the time maybe
2: yeah i mean i've had to do a lot of thinking on the fly coming up with solutions at random you know specifically some of the competitions or clubs i've been a part of so definitely been hugely important coming from that creative background not, not all solutions i mean that's what that's what engineering is right you know Problem solving with a lot of math, <laughs> um, but that definitely has led to um, yeah, hugely important. Not only in just you know in, in clubs and stuff, but I mean I've talked with friends of mine who've you know graduated and gone to work in industry. And um, funny enough, creativity is some of the most important factors or qualities to look for in an engineer, simply because things don't always work out the way you want it, or you know even in simulation. So you have to come up with you know solutions for that out of the
1: box. Very cool. Having Abby walk by, Abby Gould was uh, here at St. Benedict's also. Her dad is actually still on the board of trustees. It just shows that to the next question, our secret sauce, I think, has always been community. That we're able to, or, you know, three zip codes is where all of our students mostly come from. You don't have to drive on a highway to get to your friend's house to have us spend the night here at St. Benedict's. And you get to know everyone and you, you have to see them every day. I think Abby was actually the one that said, the best thing that happened to her going to a big school was that she knew she was going to have to see those people every day and like them or not like them you have to get along well thank you catherine matthew and ryan you guys have given us a lot to hang our hat on and sit on the precipice waiting for part two everyone who is currently listening i'm sure you cannot wait to hear more about their story and their enduring impact at saint benedict's episcopal school To our listeners again, especially our esteemed alumni, we hope this conversation has brought you back to some fond memories, reinforce the bonds that connect us as we approach the 15th anniversary of St. Benedict's. We encourage all alumni to stay connected. And I will have more about that in part two. Again, remember you're an integral part of St. Benedict's story and we look forward to celebrating our milestone together. Until next time, part two, this is Father Brian Sullivan signing off from planting seeds, wishing you a continued success and growth in all your endeavors. Thank you all for listening and getting to know our growing community. And we will see you soon for part two. As always, keep spreading kindness, compassion, and love.
0: Thanks for listening to Planting Seeds, cultivating critical thinking, creativity, community, and lifelong learning with your host, Father Brian Sullivan. To find out more about St. Benedict's Episcopal School, visit stbs.org.
1: This podcast is a production of BG Ad Group.
0: All rights reserved.